Grab life big. What's up, Go Bros? Hey, welcome to the Go Bro Room. Today, we have a very special interview. It's not even an interview. What well, is an interview? Mike McCarthy is going to be do, do, doing the interview with the two pillar killers. Be excited because this is going to be an awesome interview, and you are going to learn a ton about creating an epic life with no regrets. I can't wait. Let's get to it. What's up, GoFundance? The tribe for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic lives. We are happy to have you here today. I've got Mr. Sam Wiegert and Mr. Bob Wells, two amazing uh, members of our tribe, and I'm really excited. They're going to tell you a bit about who they are, so I'll save the introductions uh, for them to do, but we're happy you're here with us for our second uh, Facebook Live Pillar Killer interview, and uh, we're really happy the last one went well. If you didn't check that out, uh, go back and check it out. It was on Bucket List Adventures uh, with our man Len and Mark Schwager. It was uh, exceptional. Great tips on how to plan adventures uh, solo with your family, how to utilize those adventures to get the most. So a great interview. By the way, this whole idea of Pillar Killers came from our appreciative inquiry work together at Whistler. So this is an idea that we designed and created and co-created together as a tribe. So uh, I really get excited about this because I know wisdom uh, and, and gems and just great information all around is going to come out of this because this is a, a tribe-designed initiative. So uh, many of you may have seen that John Berghoff will be back again in Steamboat this year with us. Uh, he's not going to be leading us through appreciative inquiry on the future of GoBundance, but we will be using a lot of his facilitation techniques and tactics uh, to help you to create your own best future and to also deepen the connections and the uh, conversations that you have with one another. We're going to be doing Go Talks again this year. If you're, a, if you're an old school and OG GoBundance guy like Sam and Bob, you know what the, uh, the Go Talk is where uh, every member and attendee will be asked to prepare a five-minute TEDx-style talk. And, uh, and so we'll be really getting some wisdom from each other uh, and voting up from our tables the best, uh, the best speeches to be heard on the main stage. And then we'll crown a Go Talk champion. And, and uh, so we're excited about the Steamboat event. Um, the price uh, just went up. I'm tempted to give you guys another day or so because I know that you're dragging your feet. So if you're hearing this and you didn't catch the early bird, which just ended last Friday, you might be able to uh, mention this moment on Facebook Live and ask for Melanie's uh, forgiveness and, and reprieve. <laughs> so uh, if you haven't signed up yet, you, you should. We're also doing a special thing on Friday the last day of the event, which is the 19th of January, where we're asking if you have a topic that you'd love to mastermind on, and more importantly, that you feel confident you could lead a mastermind on, we're going to have two sessions uh, during the day, a morning and an afternoon session, where we'll have member-led uh, masterminds, where you guys are telling us the topics, you're procuring them, coming up with them, and then you're, we're going to help you throughout the week sell that these guys should skip skiing to come to your your uh, mastermind. So hopefully it doesn't snow too much on that day and uh, that you guys come up with some great topics. And we also want to fill out our leadership team. 
So we've been sending these posts out where you can join the leadership team, suggest a mastermind topic. Uh, and then last thing, GoBundance is turning five, you guys. So it's our five-year birthday party. Uh, we're finally going to be going off to kindergarten as an organization. I don't know what happens next then, but it's exciting times. And the, at the end of the day on the 19th, we'll have a party. Brother James's brother will be there who plays live drums. Some of you experienced that at Best Year Ever recently. And uh, they're going to play a couple hours set for us. And we're going to have a GoBundance uh, birthday party, five-year birthday party. Uh, Pat uh, Hyben, Mark Schwager, Josh Painter are working on a committee on a theme for that party. If you want to join the party committee, uh, let us know. There's some of you that will be on the leadership team and the party committee. and some of you that'll just choose one of those options, which I have a lot of respect for both sides of that coin. So anyways, without further ado, I know you guys aren't here to listen to me uh, tell you about GoBundance. We're really here to dive in with these gentlemen on age-defying health and what, what better uh, dynamic duo. They're like thunder and lightning or uh, nitro and glycerin, I think Bob said. And, uh, so here we go, guys. Sam and Bob, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and and uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from, what your business and personal lives look like, and then we'll jump into the questions on age-defying health. After you, Sam. Sounds good. I'll dive into it first. Thanks for that intro, Mike. Uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I, I think we're going to bring some great value to the tribe through this call. So uh, thanks for the opportunity. Um, yeah, my name is Sam Wiegert. I uh, run uh, five martial arts schools here in Charlotte, North Carolina area, and I have one up in Virginia as well, and uh, do some investing in real estate on the side. I don't think you can be in abundance without investing in real estate. I think that's like an unspoken rule. But um, <laughs> uh, just got engaged, uh, have a fiance, and looking to get married this September. Super excited about that. And uh, yeah, just am so grateful for everything I've learned from GoBundance. And uh, I, I think this journey for health for me just started when uh, I realized I had this little childish dream uh, that people would study my energy. They, they would bottle it and sell it, and they would study it for years to come. So that's kind of been my like childish bucket list item from a bunch of years ago. So That's what we're doing right here. There you go. This is like a bucket list. I didn't, it's not on my bucket list. I'm going to put it and cross it off. Awesome. Love it. Boom. <laughs> that's me. That's Glad to have you, Sam. This Thanks, man. Great. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm the only one of the three who didn't authentically have a hat on when we started. So now that I'm properly branded, I'm going to take it off and go without. <laughs> My name is Bob Wells. Uh, I'm um, the uh, the older of the duo, uh, uh, 57 years old, about 188 pounds. Uh, I own uh, and operate uh, 10 Keller Williams offices, a number of affiliated businesses. We just got approved for a couple of uh, market centers down in Panama City, Panama. So really excited about that. Um, really excited. I, you know, I've had, uh, I, I certainly didn't begin my life uh, in a family of vegans. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm Polish, so my family ate halupkis and, and uh, pierogies. So I've come a long way from that to, uh, to, to what I think I've achieved today. So I'm excited to share that journey and some of the ups and downs along the way. Awesome. Glad to have you guys here. Yeah, you're, and Bob is the only one that we know for sure is, uh, a representative of true age-defying health because Sam and I are, you know, we're young guys. Sam younger than me, obviously, but but Bob, you're actually, you are defying uh, your health. I mean, I would say just, just looking at you, if I didn't know you at all, I would say you were 
in your early 40s. Um, I'm 77, really. Sometimes I say I'm, I'm younger, but <laughs> I don't want to upset people or freak people out. So I'll say I'm 57. How's that? Yeah, yeah. So the real number is 57, though, right? Yeah. And Sam, how old are you? 26. 26. Yeah, that's awesome. But you, you guys represent really an amazing side of uh, the health on both sides. Like, you know, Sam, you are really physically could be not even at your peak yet uh, as far as what you're capable of. And Bob, you're really sustaining a peak after many, many years. So I'm excited to hear from you guys on some of your, your stories. So I want to go to uh, Bob first this time and, and ask the question of, for Bob to share a story of one of your breakthroughs or why this is important to you, or take us back to the beginning maybe of when you got inspired to really focus on your health. Uh, you know, it's interesting because for me, it's, it was actually two, two points in my life when I went from very unhealthy to very healthy. Um, you know, in my, in my younger years, when I was a, a teenager, I never thought I would make it to 25, and, and my lifestyle was probably predictive of that. Uh, and when I was 19, I said, you know, I got to do something. I, I spent a lot of my time eating and drinking and doing things that were just uh, uh, not good. And I joined the Marines at 19, and they very quickly changed my perspective of what was possible for me physically and, and very rapidly uh, in an environment of high accountability, you might say, became very, 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 very fast. And, um, and I, I think that's so important that you've got uh, – an environment that's supportive of you being healthy. I think, I'm sure that uh, Sam will talk about that later, but when you're around people that think about age-defying health and, and, and hold you accountable to, to what it takes to achieve it, it's, it's very easy. You know, when you're in an environment that doesn't support that, it, it can be really challenging. But that would, be, uh, that would kind of be the first time in my life. And the second one, when I was 40, um, I was about 225 pounds, uh, I'm 5'11" very unhealthy. My thyroid stopped working and, and I started to have all kinds of problems. I went to my doc and he said, you know, you've got to have, uh, you got to be on um, cholesterol meds. You got to be on high blood pressure meds. And I said, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm just not going to do it. And I, and I turned to, to fitness in a, in a very focused and intense way and very quickly brought all of my numbers down to a point where I didn't need any of that. And, uh, and I've maintained that ever since. So it's kind of two points in my life. And when I was 20 and when I was 40, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love the uh, those stories. And I know you've had some other uh, breakthroughs and milestones along the way. We'll come back for maybe a couple more of those in a minute. Um, like you've run an Ironman, if I remember right. Yeah, that was a that was a product of the um, the 40 year old identity crisis. That was you getting back to that. So we'll come to that in a moment. Because I thought, I mean, I know there's a lot of guys that have done their first half Ironman last year. And some that are going to be doing fulls next year, so maybe we'll co we'll come back to some pieces of that. Sure. So I'll go to you here for a minute. Uh, tell us about you know one of your stories or a couple of your stories. Why is health so important to you, or when did it become important to you, or what are some of your key breakthroughs around health? Yeah, good question. I got a couple before before I dive into those. I just want to say one more thing. I was thinking about for Bob. I had the unique privilege of hiking Machu Picchu. Uh, with Mr. Wells. So all that you're saying about him defying, uh, you know, having this age-defined health concept is totally true because, you know, you hike, what is it, three or four days? Uh, and it's not an easy hike. And, and it was it was a lot of us trying to keep up with Bob Wells. It's kind of like so, four days on a Stairmaster, wasn't it? Was it crazy. was four days on a Stairmaster. It was an intense number of stairs. And so uh, 
I remember that was Bob. That was the first time you and I really connected and had some good chats. But mm-hmm. when, when I had shoes on. <laughs> uh, my, like, like, five like bare feet, you know. That's it's like, right. come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were all we were all on that Peru trip together. So that's yeah. a good, good, good memory, Sam. Yeah, yeah, but just uh, to be to be even making those decisions to go on trips like that at fifty seven. That's uh, that's the direction I'm headed. So maybe I can share a little bit from the other side, uh, from the younger side of things for sure. I, I had a couple of experiences, and I think they all boiled down to um, just decisions that I made. So one of the decisions that I made at a young age was I had this friend who would always say uh, he would he he said he wanted to live to 150 years old. And I remember uh, I remember thinking when he first set that goal, I remember thinking like ah. Um, you know, like that's probably not possible, but that's a cool goal. But as he would, as we would have conversations about health, I remember just asking the question, well, what would I have to do in my twenties or in my thirties, or if people are watching this call and they're older, in the forties, fifties, sixties, I don't think the age matters, but what would I have to do now uh, in my life in order to live to 150, just for purposes of discussion, like what, how would I need to set up uh, my life? And that was a really powerful uh question you know and mike i know you said you want to live a million hours you said that's 114 years so whether the whether the number is 114 or 150 or 250 i don't i don't know it doesn't matter but i think just that's a powerful question to ask and when i started to ask that question i started to do research i started to look at things and i started to realize that i just needed to if i could start young i would have the advantage um and so that was a big mindset shift for me and another another one a kick I got on for a while, and I started to share this with all of our students and all my staff and, and uh, all my friends at the time, was I was, you know, we're in GoBundance, and GoBundance is uh, very fiscally motivated, maybe be a one way to say that, right? We like to measure our net worth, and we like to compare and compete. But I had this uh, little revelation when I said, uh, I said, you know, well, oh, I'll ask you, Mike, how much, how much would you say... Uh, your body is worth like the miracle of your body your heart beats a hundred thousand times a day and you didn't pay a cent for it right like it was a gift to you how much uh is it worth if you have obviously it's priceless right because without our body we wouldn't have any but but at the end of the day how much if you had to put a number what number would you put it and, and we're we're numbers guys so i think this might help some people you know, it's, I'd have to value it in like the 200 or $300 million range, like easily. Just of like the miracle of like, if you thought about it just as the technology that's in a body and right. what, you know, what it would take. We haven't even scratched the surface with all the technology we have collectively already. So, And then you have to put in there what I value it as too, because it's my only right. vehicle to experience this life that I know of. Right. So let's split the difference. Let's say 250 million. And, and let's just say, you know, everybody on this call, let's just say we dropped two, 250 million on a car, like a legit, nice sports car. And, and literally, this was like a thought process I had. And I said, you know what, if you dropped 250 million on a car, where would you keep it? Like, you'd keep it in the nicest garage ever. Like, <laughs> what would you, what would you what kind of gas would you put in it? Like it'd be non-ethanol, premium, 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 premium. Like you would put the best of the best of the best. If the check engine light came on in your $250 million vehicle, what would you, what would you do? Who would you let work on this car? 
You know, you would just be so particular about it. And I, I, the, the breakthrough for me was when I put a number, because I think in terms of numbers, like I've got a lot of abundance guys, but when I put a number on my physical body, I said, you know what? I've got to treat this thing better. Not that I was treating it badly. You know, I, I came from a, a really good background, I think, when it comes to health. But that number just helped me put things into perspective because we think about things in numbers so much. So um, that was also a breakthrough for me when I started realizing, wait, I've got to put the best stuff in my body. I've got to make sure that I take care of my body because I want it to be around. I want it to be operating at peak performance. And then the third and last thing, and I'll shoot it back to you after this, Mike, was um, I want to have. A, I don't have a family right now, but I come from a big family. I've got eight eight brothers and sisters, or seven, eight including me. So eight of us total, uh, two parents. We all just got back from a, a cruise for Thanksgiving, and I love my family. My family is just one of my my true pride and joys in the in this life. And I want to have a family of my own. And I and I always this this picture this this uh, why right because we always have to start with why why gets us to do it and this picture of me having kids and then them having kids and me looking at my grandkid one day and being like you want to go rock climbing come on I'll kick your ass you know and me being like 80 or 90 or maybe my grandkids kids kids that visual like even to this day that visual drives me and it helps me make little decisions whether it's like the chocolate cake or or or, or the salad you know silly things that that add up over a long period of time and so i would say as i was just researching and thinking about things i wanted to share on this call those were three whys that were visceral for me that like like get me emotional get me thinking about it and like you know what i'm gonna do what i can in my 20s and my 30s and my 40s and my 50s and I want to be in Bob Wells' shoes someday, you know, 57, being like, come on, I'll kick your butt, Sam here. let's go like Machu Picchu. So, um, yeah, those are, those are some, like, super key decisions and, and um, visualizations that I put myself through. Yeah, yeah I love the, love the clarity. And, uh, and Bob and Sam, I just, we already talked about this, but I want to make sure the viewers and everyone know that this is a group discussion, so... Feel free to ask questions of each other or comment on what each other are saying as well. I think that'll add a, a layer of texture and depth to it. Um, uh, I, I do want to go to, um, and Sam, I want to come back to you in a minute and hear the story of, of how you even end up owning a, a, a Taekwondo studio, let alone five of them, because I think that goes back to an early thing that happened in Taekwondo. I know you've shared the story with me about how it changed your life. And I think that's an important one for us to mm. So I'd love to come back to that in a, in a moment. And Bob, for, for you, I'd love to hear about the decision to not just get healthy in your 40s, but to go from like, I'm not in shape to I'm going to do an Ironman as a means to, that's like grabbing life big. That's your lifestyle, your way of approaching things. I'd love to just hear the story of, getting into Ironman, but I also know that you, 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 you organized groups to train together. You even became, I think, like a coach or a supporter of people that were trying to get yeah. into it. So you, you took it to a whole other level of extreme. So I'd love to hear the story. Yeah, I'd, that. I'd really like to share it with you. I think it comes down to, um, to motivation. You know, I, if anybody's ever followed Tony Robbins knows you're either motivated by, by pain or pleasure. And most people are motivated by pain more than pleasure. And that was certainly the case with me. When I turned 40 years old, I had a great birthday party. I mean, it was a surprise party. We had multiple beer pong tables and we had, um, 
we had, we had a great time. And I remember Usha had this giant cake that she smushed in my face at about two o'clock in the morning. And my Rottweiler was licking my face and somebody took a picture of it, you know? And this is so long ago, by the way, that it was the, the, the kind of camera where the photo uh, comes out of it, you pull it out, look at it. It's like Instamatic camera. So, Polaroid, yeah. Yeah, it's like pretty wild. But I'm looking at this picture the next day, you know, and I'm, you know how we all have an identity we, who we believe we are, you know, especially men. We have an, a mental picture of who we are that's actually sometimes a little bit better physically than, than reality. And that was the case with me. I, 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 I had a vision in my mind about who I was physically, and I'm looking at this photo, and my face is like round, and, and I was like 225 pounds. I was obviously unhealthy and I'm looking at the picture and I'm saying to myself, this isn't me. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it and saying, this wow. is not me. And, and you know, you hear about identity crisis and, and certainly these crises sometimes happen with a birthday with a zero on the end of it, but it really did um, happen in that way. And I'm looking at this picture and saying, I have to do something and I have to do something right now because who I am is not in alignment with what, who I think I am. And, and that was a serious problem for me psychologically. So I mean, I got to do something right now. What am I going to do to convert my body into what I believe it should be, what I, what I actually envision in my mind? And the first, and, and this is the morning after this party, 40 years old, you know, and I'm thinking, well, I could go running and I could do a marathon. And I said, well, you know, if I do that, I'm going to turn out to be skinny because, you know, a lot of marathoners turn out to be really thin. And I said, well, I, I, could, I could be a cyclist, but then I remember being in Italy and the guys had all thighs and no upper body. And then I said, you know, I know what I could do. I could be a triathlete. That would be perfect because the swimming will sculpt my upper body. I'll be able to have good-looking thighs and I'll be, um, you know, I'll be healthy. This is perfect. I'm going to be a triathlete now. And literally, I decided right then that I was going to do a triathlon. No, you know, so I got on the Internet and I, and I found a, a race 10 months after that day, which was set up in New Hampshire. It was uh, a race in, in August. And it was a, a 70.3 mile half Ironman. So I'm there, okay, that's perfect. So I signed up. And then I called my mother and I told her, Mom, I'm a triathlete. I'm going in 10, 10 months. I'm going up to New Hampshire to do my first race. Do you want to go? And I could swear I heard her laughing on the phone. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm her son. She shouldn't laugh. I swear she was laughing. And she said, okay, I'll go. And then I, you know, I got on the phone and I told a lot of my friends I was going to do this and I told Usha I was going to do it. And, and I'm the kind of person that when I say I'm going to do something, I have a really hard time not doing it. I can burn the bridges very effectively. So you have to understand that I, I hadn't run in 10 years. Um, I didn't own a bike and I couldn't even remember if I would be able to get on one. And I didn't know how to swim except for like this kind of thing, you know. And I just signed up for a 70-mile race 10 months away being maybe 35 pounds overweight. Um, so there was a great deal of fear in that, but I think, I think it's really powerful, number one, to get in touch with, with who your, your identity of who you think you are and set big goals. You know? and, and that was a big goal for me, uh, a huge goal. And um, you know, for me, I, I immediately started to get myself in a position where I might be able to achieve this. So I joined a, a master's swim team in the morning, a bunch of collegiate swimmers. They were all women. They hated me because I would get in the pool and I'd poke them in the eyes and all kinds of stuff. They'd be trying to do their workout, and that was nothing but an irritation. And I spent most of my time apologizing for even being in the pool. And what made it worse is that my wife was in the changing room after my workouts with these women, 
And they would talk about me being an asshole and they were going to drown me and shit like that. <laughs> oh, this is so embarrassing. But I was getting up at like five o'clock in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'd show up, I'd show up, I'd show up. And I would do the workout, and, and sometimes I'd be going for an hour after they were done just finishing the workout, but I knew if I just kept doing it that eventually I would get better, you know. And the same thing happened with the bike. I didn't have a bike, so I, I, I went out and, and, and bought my first road bike. I didn't realize it was $5,000 until the guy said, uh, you know, he said, you know, this is what you need. And I said, I'm not buying that thing. And I said, if you buy and sell the house for me, I'll buy it. He said, Okay. And he ended up buying and selling a house for me. So I had to buy a $5,000 carbon fiber bike, which I did. Um, and, uh, and then I, um, and I started running a lot. And, and you, know, I, you know, as soon as you set big goals for yourself, you know, something's going to get in the way, right? Get used to it. And I realized I couldn't run downhill. And I had to get uh, uh, an elective surgery done to, to fix my, uh, my meniscus on my knee. So not only did I have to prep in 10 months, I had to have the surgery done on my knee. I had to rehabilitate the knee and then get back into training um, in order to finish this race. So uh, I, I remembered that I realized maybe it might be a good idea to do another triathlon, a shorter one, first. So I set up a sprint triathlon in like June and Olympic in July and then the, uh, finally the half iron in August. And I missed the Olympic because I was, uh, I was rehabilitating the knee but I swam like crazy every single day, which helped me rehabilitate the knee. I started to cycle. I started to run. And, uh, and 10 months later, I, I finished the race in right around uh, just under seven hours, I think. Um, and it was something that was, uh, for me, just a, a, an incredible achievement, not only for my, my physical well-being, but for my psychological well-being to know that I could literally do anything that I wanted to physically, even at 40 or 50 or 60 for that matter, if I was just willing to do the work, you know, if, you know, you, you could achieve anything you want. The, the human body has this incredible ability to repair itself. If we just give it an opportunity to do it, you know, we could, we could do just about anything we want and, um, and we give it enough time and we, we give it enough consistency and we do it intelligently and our body will respond to that. And so uh, that, that's kind of the story on the triathlon. But in the, in the process, I realized that, you know, to do triathlons takes a lot of time, doesn't it? Sam, you're training for one. You oh, to, a lot of time, yes. Swimming, biking, running. And I'm, at the time, I was selling real estate. And I'm there, this is going to work. I'm, I'm, I'm training all the time, and I'm not working. So I figured I would start to surround myself with people that would be interested in doing triathlons. So I set up teams of people that would do triathlons as, um, as relay teams. And I figured, well, I would just get involved with a guy and I'd, I'd go to a guy and say, listen, I've got two great looking girls. You know, one's a swimmer, one's a biker. They just want this guy to run. Would you do it with them? And he'd say yes, but I didn't have the girls yet. So then I'd go find the girls that would, would do it with a great guy. But in the end, what I did was I created a, a triathlon team. We had about 120 people. They all were uh, traveling up and down the East Coast doing triathlons together. We called it Team Rage. And the interesting thing is triathletes are overachievers. A lot of them are business people, docs, attorneys, and they ended up being the biggest source of business that I had mm. um, from, a, from a direction that I never expected, just doing what I loved, taking a leadership role in it on the physical side and attracting people to, to me that wanted to do the same thing and ended up doing business with a lot of those people. So you could do a lot of business in the process of being really healthy. Yeah, so many great uh, 
great connections in there, especially just how you can connect different pillars and how different pillars feed and work together. We, we talked about that on the bucket list adventure call of just how, you know, your relationships expand on bucket list adventures and how that's a whole separate pillar, but they work together. And so, you know, on the health thing of looking at a way to use it to leverage up your business or to get confidence to up level a relationship or whatever it may be. I love how that, you know, you, you put yourself in an environment that was different, Bob, like, a, you know, the Marines helped you to understand the value of having that tribe, a group around you that's acting differently and how easily we can then shift our behavior when we're around the right group. And you went out and really committed to something that, that was challenging and it forced you to really go find that group and get around the right people and change your environment. But what I love most is that it, it, you had to immediately determine what parts of your identity you were no longer going to be associated with. And you had to determine which new parts of your identity would you now associate with. And that's what the group thing does is like, if you become a triathlete, all of a sudden, you have a whole bunch of standards you have to live up to if you want to authentically be able to say you're a triathlete and fit into that group. And I remember when I went away from running and came back to it later in life, there was this great sense of pride when I felt like I could call myself a runner again. And so, and at that moment, I had an identity shift to a healthier lifestyle. And so what we do in GoBundance is, you know, we want to be in great shape. And so we want guys to make a decision when they come into this group that they are athletic now, no matter their body style or their body type or how, if they're overweight or whatever, I'll show you if, if I can grab it on the call. Lindsay may bring it down. My wedding picture, the day I got married, Bob was there. I weighed 195 pounds. I was 35, 40 pounds overweight. And, uh, you know, I had to take step by step towards a marathon or actually climbing Kilimanjaro was my first big goal. Uh, like you had said, Bob, setting that big goal. But anyways, I just wanted to highlight a few of those nuggets that you, you threw down there because your story contains so much wisdom, Bob. I love it. Just uh, great stuff. You know, and I think probably Sam will agree. You know, it's, it's, not about, it's not about finishing an Ironman. It's about... It's about what you feel you're capable of after you do it, you know? And I remember after, you know, was, I, and I did a lot of races, probably 17 or 18, and some of them were in the ocean, and, and I did some in the Caribbean and stuff like that. And every once in a while, I would, you know, I, I remember being on a, a, you know, on a lake in Maine, and we were kind of driving down the road on the way to the beach, and I just got out of the car, and um, I swam across the lake and met everybody on the other side. You know, it was just a spur of the moment cool thing that if, if I, it just felt so incredibly cool to be able to just do something like that with, with no preparation and, 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 you know, it's just, it's just an amazing feeling to, to be in that physical condition. Yeah, it's a freedom. So, so Bob, I got, a, I got a question here. If I could jump in here real fast, Mike, what would you say if someone, how can, how can we accelerate that identity switch for somebody? Uh, if they're not where you are, you know, if they don't, if they're not at that moment where they're looking at their photos and it's like an incredible moment of pain, but maybe, you know, that was like how you, that was how you made the switch. What would you say though to people, um, 
how can we as a tribe, I guess, right, like make that identity switch to being healthy? Um, I'll, throw, I'll throw something in. Yeah. I, I, know, I know Rock Thomas is, is live on here. I, read Rock Thomas's book on identity. It's really, really good. It's, it's relatively short. It's an easy read. It's very powerful. Yeah. There's over a lot of ways to shift identity uh, from who you believe you are today into who you want to believe you are. You know, I, I've got an identity statement that I sure, I'm sure a lot of people have, have heard of it. It starts with I, Bob Wells, I'm a spiritual being with a healthy, powerful, flexible, and ex explosive physical body that performs at an exceptional level. Uh, that's the first line of a very long identity statement. But any identity statement that you decide to, to adopt, and then you say that with intensity day after day after day after day, soon you're going to start taking actions in alignment with that subconscious programming that you're putting in your head by doing those affirmations or incantations. So that, I would make that a part of any serious attempt at, at, at uh, major changes in physiology over a short term. Really important. Love it. And Sam, I, I would say too is that I think we have to ask our guys, especially in this tribe that we care about, to consider what is the trajectory of their life look like if they don't make any changes in their health and, and to make a decision about the, their own personal importance for why is, why is health important. And, you know, we could probably both and maybe we should all of us just rattle off why is health so important to us because you know, the purpose or the meaning they bring to why they should be healthy is what inspired Bob. He's looking at his picture saying, this doesn't look like the future I want, let alone the present person I expected to be. So there has to be that. And it could be a pain point, or we can just look at it as this is just an awareness point of where will your current habits lead you to? And when you enter the tribe, knowing that our level of standard is that we're in the best shape of our life at all times. And there's going to be some ebb and flow with that. I've not always been perfect. But to go on the greatest adventures of our lives, we have to be in the greatest shape of our life. Uh, our life. And so if you're done going on your greatest adventures, then it's time to you know, let yourself go. But if your greatest adventures are still ahead of you, then it's time for you to, to double down and keep your health. And by the way, it takes more and more focus as you get older and older to hold that same level of, of health that, or strength that you had before. So it, it's a, it's a slippery exponential curve of like keeping up with it as you, as you follow through. So, yeah, you know, uh, uh, I love how you tied in that all the pillars support each other. I, you know, I think for this one, it's like the most key, right? I was on the phone with uh, Mo Sandoval, another GoPro right before this call and we were talking about how, you know, with the, this pillar is the foundation. Like, it has to be, right? It, it, how are you going to go on a bucket list adventures if you don't have the energy? How are you going to have relationships uh, or, or have the energy uh, to be present in those relationships at the end of a hard day or a long day if you don't have the health? Um, how are you going to enjoy all the money that you've created? So I, I, I just think that's so key how they all, they all do merge together, but I would even take it a step further and say all of them point up to health at some, at some level. I mean, this has to be the foundational pillar, I believe. It's hard to argue with it not being the most important one. Well, if, you, you don't take, if you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? Right. Yep. I love that quote. That was on my list. There was another one I was going to say. It's uh, a healthy person has a thousand wishes, but a sick person has only one. 
that's one of my favorites around health because you think right. about the the level of, we have all if you have all the wealth in the world it means nothing if you if you don't have your health and you know the other thing that the the importance of health is that i mean here's a great story you think about when hal elrod was at one of his worst spots and he called john Berghoff for the advice which eventually led to the miracle morning movement the first step was for him to lace up his shoes and go for a run every morning that's right. That was how he was going to go from depressed, broke at the, the rock bottom to where he is now. And I can tell you that I've already seen, you've, ex, you've talked about it, Bob, of the confidence that you got. Then you were stronger in all these other areas. I've experienced that as well with the identity shift back to being a runner and knowing I can do these endurance feats. You bring this confidence of like, well, if I can do an a eight-hour, 12-hour race, then perhaps I could work my ass off for eight hours during a workday, right? right? Like, you know, you start to see the way that the world is wired is not the true endurance of a man or woman. And uh, Sam, this kind of leads me to a question to kick back to your sort of origin story is, I know that Taekwondo, from what you shared with me, became a, a strong point of of confidence for you when you were not, you were sort of shy, a homeschool kid, and then you went into it and I'll let you take it from there. But I'd love to hear that story of you becoming the owner of, of your Taekwondo studio and expanding it. How does that start and how did it affect your confidence? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. And, and I would, I would say I got started mainly for the confidence. You know, my mom put me in and, and uh, I was homeschooled all my life and I was shy and I was allowed to play one sport because my mom had eight kids to run around to different sports, if you can imagine that. And so we got our one. And my one was soccer for a little while. And, and, and then, you know, I was the kid who, even at a young age though, just had tremendous energy and was, was bouncing off the walls. Um, and my mom wanted me to learn how to control that. And so she put me in martial arts and, and martial arts uh, was really good for me because, uh, you know, it's not, it wasn't, it was an active type of thing, right? I was moving. I was uh, using my body and I was also, so I was releasing some of that pent up energy throughout the day in a healthy way. I was hitting stuff. I was sweeping, you know, taking people down to the ground and falling <laughs> on the mats and and so that was, um, that was just a cool, that did set a solid foundation, you know, for me. I think I was always physically active. I think if I was totally honest, I'd say I, I was active even before martial arts. But martial arts became a really great outlet for me. Um, and and at, a, at a very young age, you know, I was 15, 16 years old, and I just, I just excelled at it. And uh, my instructor pulled me aside and said, hey, I want you to, I'm thinking of getting out of martial arts, and I think you can do it. Like, you could run this school. And it was a small school in a town of, you know, two or 3,000 people, but uh, I was only, and, fi I was yeah. only fi 15 years old, and my, my parents loaned me $15,000 to buy this little school in the town of Amherst, Virginia. More, more cows and people in that town, but um, I, uh, yeah, it kind of grew from there. I just decided that this is what I wanted to do uh, it, because it was a vehicle uh, to impact lives, and I was always inspired by motivational speakers and inspirational speakers and people that you know, made a difference in people's lives. But what I realized about martial arts that a lot of these other inspirational speakers didn't have, have is that I have a, a built-in 
workout, right? Like if I'm going to share, if I'm going to help somebody through martial arts, I have a built-in physical activity. You go to a Tony Robbins seminar, he makes you jump up and down, you dance. I don't have to do that because I can, uh, you, you're already in, you're already moving, you're coming for that part of it. So uh, from there, I just expanded into a, a nearby city that was much larger, Charlottesville, Virginia, and uh, grew a school there, put my brother in charge, and then bought a couple of failing schools in Charlotte, North Carolina, turned them around, not without my ups and downs, but uh, turned them around. And, and uh, you know, now I feel like part of my mission in life is to help with the the confidence crisis, if you will, and the uh, obesity epidemic. And uh, we get to do that through martial arts, um, which is just a powerful way. It's a, and I get to, we get to teach life skills, you know, in our style to get a black belt. You not only have to learn and memorize certain physical techniques and be able to defend yourself, but you also have to complete these life skills, this life skills program um, that goes along with that. Things like age to find health. We actually adopted one of those life skills uh, from GoBundance into our curriculum. So it's like required for them to get their black belt. They have to learn and research and study and do the miracle morning and, and do those things for a certain period of time. So it was definitely, martial arts was definitely an integral part of my physical journey. And it gave me an outlet, uh, I think, for some of my energy and uh, allowed me to channel that in a really positive direction. So that's what I would, that, that's kind of my martial arts slash physical journey uh, is that what you were looking for, Mike? Yeah, I think it's such an exceptional story just to think about. Like, I don't know many people that discovered and sort of found their passion in business at that young of an age. And for me, just, you know, being a homeschool family as well, it, it gives me confidence that just seeing you and all in your brothers too, like all of you are amazing young men and, and, uh, and sisters, your, your family are just yeah. amazing. So that gives me, it gave me a lot of confidence in seeing you and how you respond to things in your day-to-day -day life today and then also where you came from is amazing to own your first business at that age with contracts that were probably not legal in any way whatsoever. <laughs> it's cool, but yeah, and then just discovering your passion for yeah. activity and then sharing that with all of these kids. If you watch any of Sam's like Facebook lives when he has graduations or these ceremonies, I mean, we're talking about like, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids that are just going wild. And you do such an amazing job with these kids, Sam. It's amazing. You're such a professional. Uh, like when you came to Whistler and did a night with our kids on self-defense, like that was by far one of the highlights of the whole event for them was awesome. those moments. So I love that you're pursuing your passions and you're now using your business skills and understanding to expand your impact through your passion, which if you really catch what's happening there, like this is what every millennial says they want is what Sam is out there doing right now. Uh, so yes. you're a great inspiration to not only all of us old guys, Sam, but to all of those millennials and young people out there. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It was, um, you know, I went through my ups and downs on the like, hey, is this, I think all millennials do, but, you know, is this the thing? Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? But I kept coming back to it's an, it's an ability to, I can make money with it. I can impact lives with it and I get to be physically active for a career. I get to kick, I get to punch, I get to hit stuff. Like <laughs> that is the coolest thing in the entire world. So I do believe, I believe up level martial arts. I believe it is, um, it's going to be a, a huge part of my life's work. 
and uh, we're just at the ground stage of that. But maybe if I could just say one more thing about tying this into the health and fitness aspect, I would definitely say, and I'd love to throw this question out for you, Mike, and you, Bob, and maybe even anybody else on the call, would be, you know, what is, what is health exactly? Because I think there's a lot of different definitions of it, but one of the things I teach my students and, and kind of where I've gone is, um, you know, people see me on these Facebook Lives or on, these, on my videos, and, and one of the comments I probably get the most is like, wow, you're so, you're so energetic. And I, I did, a, uh, I did a, uh, a podcast with Maddie A on, on energy. You know, it was a big piece of it and how I believe that is the competitive advantage, not just in business, but in life, like just in life and all the pillars. And um, so I kind of came back and, and I've adopted this definition from people that have taught me in the past, but I've kind of come back to this idea that at the end of the day, health, what we're talking about here is, is, um, is not a certain body type. It's not like the way I look. I teach my students, like all my students look differently, but like at the end of the day, it's energy. Um, and I'm not sure if you guys disagree or agree with that, but that's the, that's the direction I've gone with my students. And, and I think through martial arts, I've been able to really cultivate that. <laughs> I think energy is the units that we measure health with, right? Is kind of how I, I see it. Like it, the healthier you are, you should have more energy uh, or access to more energy. It doesn't necessarily mean that you show up with your energy in the same way that Sam Pop maybe does or right. uh, somebody who's you know super enthusiastic, like a Rock Thomas, obviously using his energy slightly different than than the rest of the rest of us are right um, and we can learn something from rock he's worked on his energy so that's how he shows up that way is because he's one of the healthiest people that i've seen you know the way he works his body out his mind out the way that he he uh, follows his routines he's he's really focused on that you know the definition that i like that i learned recently of of health is that it's really wholeness or of being whole and I think that's when you're, you know, you're balanced in your, your life where you're not necessarily using all of your energy either, right? Like you have a, you're, you're just like when you store your money or you save your money and you invest it and live off the interest. I think there's something to be said about not using all of your energy and having a reserve of it that you're building up all of the time and that you're whole, meaning you're, you're experiencing your life in a holistic way where you're not avoiding your emotions or your challenges or your, your fat or your, you know, your, your physical ailments. You're not pretending like they're just because of some physical thing. You're, you should understand that there's a, a level of energy or energetic wholeness that's happening because a lot of the things that are happening in our body, I think, are related to something else that's going on emotionally a lot of times, too. Wow. So if we are overweight or we're, we're you know, we're uh, having a problem with our lower back or, you know, whatever it may be, I always look at that and I try to say, what is it that I'm holding on to that's, that this is a, a, a symptom of, you know, and that really is the cause is this thing I'm holding on to. And the symptom is what we think sometimes is the actual disease or the thing that's happening, but it's, it's always deeper than that. So it's getting to a level of wholeness is kind of how I look at it. Love it. But you guys are the experts on the call today. So <laughs> I can't help myself sometimes. Um, well, hey, guys, this would be a great time to shift gears a little bit and get into some, some real tactics and strategies and things that you might – suggest guys start doing right away 
If, if I want to up-level my physical fitness or my diet, my nutrition, um, you know, what are some of the things that you would say, start doing this, start using these resources, look into this, uh, this certain website or whatever. What are those things that you guys would want to give us advice on? Uh, this is your chance to just dump tactics and strategies on us so that we can see what works for us. <laughs> drinking water, maybe? Yeah, you might want to start by drinking water. Green you know? <laughs> it's, it, that would be my first thing that I say. Is you got to drink a lot of water, man. You know, most people run around dehydrated, and it, runs, it, it leads to all kinds of challenges. So, uh, you know, most of the time when we think we're hungry, we're actually thirsty. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the, a human being should drink about what? It's uh, one ounce for every two pounds of body weight. So if you're a 200-pound male, you should be drinking about 100 ounces of water every single day. This is a quart and a half, so it's about 50 ounces. So two of these things a day, which is pretty significant. Um, yes. Soda, coffee, uh, nothing else counts. It's all water. You'll find if you drink that much water, as many of you do, two things happen. Number one, you get more exercise because you run into the bathroom all the time. Second of all, you eat less because you're really not hungry when you drink that much water and you'll become healthier as a, as a function of taking in less calories. Awesome. Great strategy. Love it. Sam, what you got, buddy? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest uh, that I've seen really work for some people, and we adopted this with our life skills in the martial arts as well, is uh, uh, Dan Butner and his team wrote a book called Blue Zones. So as far as resources and strategies, I know GoBundance studied that for a while, and I know we're all at you know, different points in our health journey, but uh, you know, if age-defined health is the, is the goal, then I feel like that's somebody we should all just be studying more. And, and, and what he did was – he said, uh, you know, your chances to living in the, to 100 years old in the United States right now are, are one in 5,000 people will, will live to be 100 years old in the, in the, in the States. Mm. But um, he, he wanted to study these geographical regions all over the world where people live to be 100 years old at a much greater 20, 30, 40 times um, that, that ratio. So he studied these areas and he came up with a list of commonalities between all these geographical regions. So, yeah, I would say... If, if, if people haven't studied that, like a, as a resource that I could point to, that would be huge. I feel like that has kind of shaped how I try to live my life, um, you know, through the daily exercise. But just living this whole life on like, hey, I'm going to defy, I'm going to defy age all the way on up uh, to at least 100, right, and beyond, then uh, that's, a, that's been a huge resource. Cool. And is there any, we, we can, uh, uh, go team, we can post the interview that, that was done, I think it was Rock and David with the author of the Blue Zones book. We'll post that on Thursday this week and for our Throwback Thursday um, as a reminder. And then uh, it, what, 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 were, what were like one or two key tips that yeah. you from that book to just yeah. bring to life? Yeah, I looked at it last night and I think I can probably go through four or five of them that I remember. I think there was like six or seven total that were common and that held common in every blue zone they called it. So blue zone is one of these regions where people live to 100 plus a lot. So one was um, non rig this was interesting, but non-rigorous um, physical activity. So mm. just like lower cardio levels, not, not uh, where you're going and killing your body with some type. Because when you work out, it can create a lot of uh, toxins and can create a lot of um, acidity in your body and if that stuff doesn't get moved through it can actually be harmful to the cells in your body so like lower level cardio was one that was a commonality um, 
actually, believe it or not, an alcoholic drink um, was, was a common, that's probably not a hard sell for GoBundance guys, but uh, that was a commonality in the, uh, amongst these blue zones. Um, another one was they all had faith in something greater. That was kind of cool. There was always a spiritual element to every one of these zones. Mm. Um, another one was social interaction. They all had a, uh, they thought that the social interaction really just helped these people relieve stress, which, you know, can build up in your body and create a lot of tension, which again, you know, keeps those toxins in, in, in you. Um, and so, uh, I think those are the, those are a couple of the biggest that that were common amongst every every zone it's kind of cool how two of those are directly related to other pillars yeah right. so spiritual right. contribution could be kind of spiritual connection in a way because that's right. a way to fulfill that and then um having the relationships you know the, the, around you so it's amazing how they they literally some of these things layer on uh, on one another, it's great. Well, there's an, there's there's an enormous amount of stress behind um, not being in in some kind of fulfilling relationship or being in a relationship that's uh, a negative uh, force on you. And I and I, I have to I have to jump back to Sam's and, and add something to that. I think what they were talking about was the al alcoholic drink was not a shot of vodka every day. Um, it. It's, <laughs> There's the some wine. alcoholic drinks that are really, really, um, really bad for you, and some that are not so bad. I mean, if you look at most, uh, like uh, draft beer is actually relatively neutral with respect to acidity, right? You should be you should be doing the best you can to move toward toward an alkaline based diet, uh, which is mainly fruits and vegetables. But there's some that are more alkaline than others. Uh, draft beer, by the way, is probably the most neutral of any alcoholic beverage, more more alkaline than any other. Uh, white, white wine and red wine are, are probably next on the list. But as soon as you go to something that is a spirit, it goes to the extreme acid side of that spectrum. So mm. if you want to live for a long, long time, you probably want to avoid the spirits and, and kind of head back toward the draft beer side. Um, you know, it's interesting because the environment is such an important thing. I know Sam is in an environment where everything is health-oriented, and that's so, so helpful. Uh, you know, it, on the other hand, I'm in a real estate world, which is not necessarily a healthy environment. If anybody is on the call that sells real estate or, or is in that world, they realize that uh, they're on the go a lot, they're moving around a lot, and they're tempted to eat, eat the wrong things just because the right things aren't available. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, we're all challenged by that, but I have a strategy that I definitely want to share with everyone. Some of you already know this, but uh, every, every Sunday, I prepare a chopped salad. Right, and and my chopped salad is very different than most. It's it's based on kale, broccoli, cauliflower, red cabbage, parsley, carrots, and red pepper. But this is kind of how I make this thing. Right, it's a Sunday afternoon. I take a, a bunch of uh, kale and put it in a food processor and gur it up really small and pour it in a big bucket. I do the same thing with the cauliflower and then put that in the bucket. The same thing with the broccoli, and I ended up with a, a bunch of chopped very fine vegetables that I mix up in this big bucket. I add hemp hearts, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, raisins, craisins, pomegranates, chopped uh, almonds, all kinds of stuff. And then I mix that all together with a dressing that's olive oil, lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, maybe some crushed red peppers and some um, maple syrup. And I mean, what you end up with is a giant salad that never wilts, that you could put in like uh, containers for the entire week. 
and just chuck it in your refrigerator and take it anywhere you go, you end up with a salad that's this big in a container this small, right? That you could take anywhere at any time. So you never have to worry about having something that's alkaline and really healthy for you. And it kind of is that is just what you need when you're ready to stop somewhere and eat something that you really probably shouldn't eat. Because this is all cumulative, right? It's like you could eat, uh, you know, you could eat a ribeye steak if you want, um, but there's, there's, there's a price to pay for that, right? Uh, you know, everything that we do or we don't do adds cumulatively to our health and what that will look like in our 60s, 70s, and 80s. And I think your body can, can for, the, for the most part, heal itself given time, but you do enough damage and it's going to be harder and harder to do that. So as long as we put ourselves in a position where we've got exactly what our body wants, exactly when it needs it, and we don't have to rely on junk food, you're taking a huge step forward. Yeah, that preparation is so key. And, and going back to one of the uh, things from the Blue Zones, I just looked up the, the list, and the, big, the biggest one, and this will just tie right into what you just said, uh, Bob, was uh, a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. that, that was one commonality between all these zones was, uh, live, was live food. And it, I know Manny here just posted a question, said, what are your non-negotiables each day? And I, I would say for me, it would be live food every day. Yeah, um, I second that, me too. Yeah, so, so, so and, and live food being, you know, something that wasn't packaged, um, it, it, it has its natural water, you know, in it that it was, it was grump. So a salad or some lightly steamed broccoli or you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, your health is determined in the supermarket. Yeah, I was going to recommend. There's a there's a, a show on Netflix, which I know Brother James will be so excited. I shared this with you all, but it's called Cowspiracy, and it's a whole show. I can kind of sum it up for you in that uh, the biggest challenge we have environmentally right now is, is actually the uh, livestock and the agriculture to, to support and create enough meat to, to feed the population is what's creating the most greenhouse emissions and potential future damage. On the flip, so it's damaging our planet severely. And then on the flip side, there's a lot of studies and evidence that the biggest body damage that we get internally and disease and, and it all comes from animal flesh and from eating too much meat. Um, and you see the marketing that you literally, all of us have a belief somewhere that protein is good for us. And it's because it, we've been marketed to that protein is good for you. And there are benefits to it, but you know, just like anything, the source of it is really key. And I've been really getting focused on being more and more plant-based in everything I eat. Um, I've been sort of vegetarian, flexitarian, I call it, for the past two years. And I've seen dramatic health changes, um, and I was already healthy before that, but I think everybody should consider as another first step is how, you, how could you eliminate meat being a, a staple of every single meal? Because if you just eliminated it from one meal a day, now you're 20, you're 30 per, or 66%, you know, um, meativore, carnivore, or you're 33% herbivore at that point or vegetarian. So you think about getting to where one or two meals a day are vegetarian and plant-based, 
you're going to dr drastically improve your health situation right away. So a couple of things. I've got another non-negotiable every day, uh, Manny, that I'd like to share with you, and that's wheatgrass. Um, wheatgrass juice is probably the most concentrated form of super goodness you could possibly put in your body. Uh, the problem is, if you don't live in California, then you're probably going to have a hard time finding it. So um, what I do is I, I buy wheatgrass um, that's frozen. It's from Canada. I get it from a company called Dynamic Greens. And I buy it uh, in, in little packets of 400 little packets. It's about 500 and 600 bucks maybe for 400 packets. At last, Usha and I, for two months, for the two of us, we have one a day every morning, first thing in the morning. We take this little individual packet, tear it open. Uh, it's just an ice cube, basically, frozen ice cube of wheatgrass. Put a little water in it, uh, thaws it out, and we just drink that ice, uh, wheatgrass shot every single day. And it basically guarantees we're getting almost everything we need to be, uh, to be healthy from a plant side. Um, so it's, it's not cheap, but it's, ex it's, it's very efficient. I mean, it's an easy habit to do every single day that can really change your body physically. Yeah, I love that hack of, of getting what you need delivered and the amounts you need delivered. It's amazing. Like you can get juice delivered nowadays very easily, raw juice. Um, also, I'll post in the comments on this uh, post, there's a, on the PETA website, which is just kind of funny, is, is like 16 or 18 different plant-based meal delivery services. And you'd be shocked at how inexpensive some of these options are. And a lot of them are organic and fully vegan plant-based. And some come fresh where they've never been frozen. And some come where they're, they've been flash frozen. But either way, all you're doing is heating this stuff up. And to your, what you said about convenience earlier, Bob, or preparation, you know, I think having the right foods to eat when we're hungry is like 90% of the issue of making a great decision. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was gonna say non-negotiable sh shopping once a week and just keeping the food that I want to eat within arm's reach. I mean, so if your if your cupboard right now is full of junk food, you know, step one, go throw all that all that crap out and just have the stuff because you're gonna eat, you're gonna munch, you're gonna grab something, and that's that's going back to the environment, right? Making sure that we're um, putting ourselves in the right environment. And obviously, all of this starts with that decision of. Hey, I'm going to do this for my energy. I'm going to do this for uh, the rest of my life. I'm going to do this for age to find health. I'm going to do this because I'm a GoBundance member and health is the first word of our freaking little tagline, you know? Yes. Sam, I'm, I'm going to double that because I do the exact same thing. I shop every single week once and I make sure that I buy absolutely everything I need to eat that following week. And um, I, I, that's probably been a habit for me, I don't know, many, many years now. Love it. But, uh, you know, I only shop organic. I, I never eat anything that's GMO. I, I don't eat fish anymore just because the mercury content in fish these days, it's exceptionally high, uh, much higher than you think. I, I know that even in the, when we were in Fiji this, uh, this year, they were saying that the mercury content in the, in the fish in Fiji is exceptionally high. Uh, how does the mercury content in Fiji get high? Uh, I, I think that it's not a localized problem. It's a global problem. So you have to kind of focus on, on be careful what you eat. Uh, right. Oils are really important too. 
I mean, yes. you know, you're, you know, you've got to stay away from processed oils, any kind of processed oils at all. I'm a big fan of Udo's oil. I don't know if some of you other guys uh, drink Udo's oil. I have like a, a, a teaspoon in the morning and a teaspoon at night every single day. Super high quality raw oil. You have to refrigerate it very fast. But if you're getting the right oils in your body, your, your body tends to repel the bad oils. So uh, it's, a, it's a great idea. If you've got to cook with oil, coconut's a great choice, coconut oil. Uh, maybe avocado is maybe the second good choice after that. Um, uh, a lot of the oils that I like raw, I have a lot of raw avocado, uh, olive oil, hemp oil, flaxseed oil. And I'm a huge fan of hemp hearts. I just love them. Don't smoke them, eat them. You put them in your salads. It is probably one of the best sources of high quality protein that you can put in your body. Um, you do a hard workout, a really hard workout, you're worried about protein, hemp hearts. Yeah, those are great advice. You know, I was going to mention Instacart is a great way to, to do better grocery shopping where it doesn't take as much time because a lot of guys may not go to the grocery store a lot or they, you know, and it good, you know, for me, it's not a good idea for me to go to Lindsay and be like, okay, we need to eat healthier now. So I want you to buy healthy stuff because now she doesn't know what that means. Um, and so you can go on Instacart and fill a basket at any grocery store around you if it's available. And then some guy for like 10 bucks go, goes and does all your shopping for you and brings your groceries to your door. It's the most amazing uh, innovation in grocery shopping in the last, you know, last century. So check that out. It's a way to do better grocery shopping if you're busy. I like that. A coach told me once, uh, you know, don't do zero is a nice concept, I think, to live by and maybe even a challenge. Maybe if we could end with a ch not saying we're ending now, but just when we do end with a challenge, I think, uh, you know, I think it's not so important where you are because I know everybody on this call and everyone in GoBundance is at different levels of health. Some of us are super healthy and super fit, and I think there's a difference between those two. But uh, I, I think that if everybody came away from this doing one thing to head in the right direction, it doesn't matter so much where you are, More, it's more important where you're headed, right? So if you do one thing, uh, to, to, to move in the right direction with your health and maybe just replace one thing in your diet. Like that is, we've done our job if you've, if you've taken one action step from this call. And that, that applies, I, too, I think, to exercise, you know, as far as going back to this non-negotiable question is that I uh, teach my students and, um, that if you eat every day, and I think everybody here just about eats every day, then you must move every day. So it doesn't have to be a killer 10x workout. It just has to be, I have to go out for 30 minutes and at least walk. Right now I'm training for a, a, an Ironman, so it's like a couple, hour, couple hours every day. <laughs> but, but, but regardless, right? Like just, and, and if your day's busy and you're spending a lot of time working on your business or whatever, then uh, don't do zero. Like drop down. Do as many push-ups as you can like right now because yeah. you can't get to the end of the day and not have moved. Um, we have to move more. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's we, not One of the things that I found for, for myself uh, as, I'm, as I got into my 50s is I, I, I tend to take, I have to be careful. If, if, I, if I don't exercise for any period of time, I have to be very conscious of getting back into a routine in a very methodical way uh, because it's yeah. a little easier to, to, to injure yourself as you get a little older. So, one of the things I do now is I walk a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm walking, but like my daily routine is an hour on a treadmill at 10% at about 3.5. So that's, uh, 
you know, it's a pretty good angle to pre and I do it for an hour every single day, probably five days a week, minimum six, but, uh, it, it, it just allows me to, uh, to, to, to spread out over a longer period of time with a little bit less intensity. And I don't, I don't worry about injury as much. I, I get stronger. Strength is my feet, strength is my knees, strength is my legs. And I swim a lot more than I used to. You know, where I used to do a lot more running, I tend to do a lot more swimming. I'll take a year off or two years off running to protect my legs, and then I'll swim. So sometimes my swim now might be, you know, a four, four and a half mile swim, which would be about a four hour swim. So it's not particularly high intensity. It's just long, you know, and, and it'll, it'll come to a point maybe next year where I say, you know, I'm not going to swim so much anymore. This year, I'm going to start cycling. You know, and I'll just go into a cycling routine. And I like to change it up, give my body some time to, to refresh and relax and, and, um, and then move on to different muscle groups and different types of exercise, which is good for me because I like variety to begin with. That's blue zones all the way. That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, uh, I just want to put one more thing in perspective, and, and I want to challenge people on this, is um, – Hire another strategy is like hire a health coach or a nutrition mm -hmm. coach or rotate between the two. And, and just to put this in perspective, I, you know, I, I can probably count the number of guys in GoBundance that have a health or a fitness or a nutrition coach on, on these two hands. Yet, yet we'll drop thousands on events, right? Like we'll drop thousands on a, on a business coach. You know, I'm going to go see Jeff Hoffman uh, this weekend and $6,000 for a day. Like no problem. Mm -hmm. But what about 200 bucks a month? for someone to check in with you and, and have a, just to put that in perspective, like we say it's the most important. I think we know it's the most important, but we've got to put our money where our mouth is. So I think, um, you know, I've got a triathlon coach right now and he keeps in touch with my nutrition as well uh, to a certain extent. But um, I think having someone, that accountability specifically in that area is huge. For 150 bucks a month, for 200 bucks a month, like come on, that's a no brainer. Yeah, plus you, there's so many things you could do. And having someone that can point you in the right direction is so important. Go ahead, Bob. By all means, get proactive. If you've got something that hurts, go fix it. You know, I, you know sometimes we get so busy in, in business and, and in another area of our life, we put up with these little pains and, and aches that, you know, we know we could probably fix pretty quickly. Get to a chiropractor. You know, if, you, if you've got spinal issues, by all means, get to a chiropractor, get it fixed. If you've got uh, issues with your knees or your ankles or your feet, go see a real professional and fix it because these things, yeah. lift, you just leave them and they get worse and worse and worse. And then you have a bigger problem down the road. So be proactive. And remember, and remember when, when your body is not working, it's working. It's giving you a sign that you need to, so I'm playing off of just what you said, Bob. I think that's brilliant. It's like when you get that cough, when you get that cold, your body, ah, you know, we usually take something or pop a pill or like, no, 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 no. Like that's your body get, communicating with you. It's trying to get a hold of you. It's trying to tell you you're working too much. It's trying to tell you you're working too hard. It's trying to tell you when it's, when, when it's, when you say, oh, my body's, you know, screwing up right now. No, 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 no. It's working. It's exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, Hal tells the story about how when he used to feel that he would, take some kind of brain pill or take coffee or do something so he could keep going. And he feels like cancer was a direct result of him not wow. listening to his body to slow down. So you could, you know, you could see it wow. in Hal's experience of what he went through of not listening to those signs. Uh, it's super important. 
Um, hey, we got a question here, and we're going to come to it in a minute. Um, and and uh, we're going to open it up. If you're listening live right now, we, we're getting these questions, and we're going to answer them. So if you want to post any other questions for the, these guys, now's your time to do it, or we won't have a chance to get to them. But I wanted to just – let's just exchange rapid fire, and I'll join, join you guys in this. Uh, on tactics they could do. So one was, uh, like, I'll just shout out one, like, use a stand-up desk or a treadmill desk as a way to increase your activity or do more yoga, change your, your diet to be more plant-based. What else would you guys say? Would you, if we, you want to throw some things in there, what are some of the those quick strategies or things they might attempt to do pull to a, change Pull habits? a Tim Road. Do all your phone calls on a headset while walking. <laughs> yeah, walking meetings, great one. Yeah, if you can't get yourself to walk on a treadmill in the real bad weather, put a TV in front of it and get a season of Game of Thrones or something that you have, that you get addicted to so Love that it. you're desperate to get on the treadmill to watch the next episode. I mean, a, a lot of that stuff is kind of mindless, but every once in a while it's good to, uh, to get captivated on something and force yourself to do it through some other kind of motivation, whether, yeah. whatever it is. Love it. Sam? Um, I would say park as far away from the grocery store as possible and jog in. Yeah, I love that one. I'll get add yourself, one in there. Get yourself, a, get yourself a Garmin and be accountable to, to getting off your butt and how many steps you're doing and how often you sleep. It, it keep, this will track you pretty well, and it will keep you uh, hold you accountable to what you say you're going to do. Put your, yeah. put your money where your mouth is and, and pick a number of workouts or pick an action item and then promise some money to someone if you don't follow through. Yeah, Rick, Rick Bossel asked if we do any intermediate or, or fasting. I, I don't do fasting on a regular basis. I've done some intermediate fasting. I'm uh, part of Tony Robbins' leadership team, and, and Life Mastery has uh, – it's a week-long program where basically you're, you're going on a, on, a, on a very strict fast. And it's, it's interesting because some people after three or four days of that end up – well, hell, after two days of that, of no coffee, no alcohol, no nothing, they end up curled on the floor with a blanket over them trying to, trying to function. And after three or four days of that, they, found a level, they find a level of physical energy and emotional and, and psychological energy they didn't even know they had. Uh, so it's a very powerful thing to do fasting, especially if you do it in a controlled way. You'll get levels of energy you never thought possible. Uh, I, I would have a hard time doing it without some kind of guidance, though, I think. I, I never even considered it before that. Uh, I know how to do it now, though. Hey, if you've never been to Life Mastery, go. That'll, that'll give you yeah. some framework for it. Yeah, I'm going to throw out a couple here. Uh, Ryan Hughes is a great resource right now with Reset Health. A bunch of our members are work and their wives are working with him. And I know, I think fasting is a big part of their reset health. So if you're interested in that, that would be a great resource. Somebody threw out Hector Torres. I've heard the name multiple times that he's a, a nutrition, I believe, triathlon coach and helped a lot of the guys there. Uh, so that's another. And Mike Tomasetti threw out here, take the stairs instead of elevators, which is a, another great tip. You know, another one I would say is, Really find a, an ongoing hobby that you like that requires some, some activity. Yes, huge. Huge. I, I love to hike, and I love to climb 14ers, and I have a lifelong goal to climb all 55 of the mountains over 14,000 feet in, in Colorado. And it, it forces me to go on long hikes and to do it every summer and to get better and better at it, but I really love it. So it's, I don't look at it as exercise. It's just something I love to do. And I have to stay in shape 
in order to do those climbs throughout the year. So it's ongoing motivation. Same thing with snowboarding. Um, and, and also just sign up for something. Uh, pick a race, a 5K, a, a half marathon. Uh, guys, anybody, I, anyone in our tribe is capable of running a half marathon or a marathon next week, let alone if you have time to train. Because you get to the finish line eventually, walk, run, crawl, whatever. But the, the point being is sign up for something that scares you a little bit and go out and, and focus on training for it. Um, so those are a couple of the, the, the quick ones yeah. I wanted to throw out there. And shout out to Manny. I know Manny's on this call for completing his first full Ironman. It's pretty awesome. cool. I think he's great. advice, yeah. Oh, I forgot one too is um, – and maybe I mentioned it already, I forget. It's important enough to say again, but meditation, uh, I don't think that we give ourselves enough downtime and, and focused attention of our mind uh, and letting go of all, everything else and just being with our, our hearing, our seeing, our feeling and, and doing some guided meditations. To me, that creates sort of the energetic environment uh, that, where health can emerge because you're getting sort of the mindset right. Yeah. Love yes. that. And yes. I think, <laughs> I, think you're, I, I love what you said, Mike, about that was actually one of the things on my list to, to mention, and I, I just I forgot to mention it, but if you can do something that you have fun doing, whether it's basketball or soccer or you're taking martial arts, mm -hmm. then you are just so, you're so winning the game because then it's not like I got to get up and go to the gym. I got to – and maybe you love going to the gym, but, you know, if you can find something that to you pulls you as, a, as opposed to it having to be a push energy, that's like you have buddies there and they're waiting for you and they're, you know, they're holding you accountable. And like that is so, when, when people come to me and they ask, cause I get this question a lot from my students, you know, Hey, what, what's, what's the first step to take on my health journey? I'm like, you just go do something for fun and active, you know? Yeah. So that's huge. Yeah. Make it fun. Can never go wrong there. Uh, cool. Any other tactics, strategies, Bob? Anything nutrition-wise? You drink some different teas and take different supplements. You mentioned the Udo's oil and the wheat. No, I do. Yeah, I do a lot. I've, I've replaced a lot of foods that I, you know, with with better foods. Um, for instance, my my refrigerator is filled with hummus and baba ganoush, and I and I eat it with carrots and not crackers. Uh, eat a lot of salsa, and, and if I have to have chips with it, I'll have organic or non-GMO corn chips with it. Mm. Uh, I've got a lot of dates, figs, raisins sitting around the house, all organic. I've replaced most of the sweeteners, all of the sweeteners in my house with agave uh, or, or honey. Uh, I eat a lot of avocados. I'm a guac fanatic. Uh, mm. Avocados are incredibly healthy. Um, you know, you know, one of the things that I love to, to even just to, to serve people is take an avocado, cut it in half, take out the pit and fill it with like a black bean salad and put like 10 of these on a tray and serve it at a party. God, everybody will look at it funny for the first four minutes. But as soon as one eats one, they just disappear. Now they're so good. Um, just start replacing one at a time the things that are in your house now with with better stuff. And just one thing at a time, one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And eventually people walk into your house and say, you know, where's the real food? You know, uh, you know I'm 90% I'm vegan, which means that I'm not a snob if I go to somebody's house or something's being served and, and there's, it's only fish or a little bit of something. I'll, I'll eat a little bit of it to be, to be nice. Uh, but for the most part, I would never buy it and put it in my house. 
That's that's non-negotiable. I don't I don't buy stuff like that. I don't eat dairy, cheese, anything like that. It never makes it in the front door. Yeah, yeah. Those that's all great advice. You know, another one would be uh, self-love. So this is getting to the deeper level of wholeness and health. Is that you know forgiving yourself, not holding on to things. You know, making sure that you're not carrying the, the stress and the weight of the world around with you. Because I, I know that for the guys in this tribe, like, listen, guys, we all carry a lot of responsibilities. And um, I'm not, you, we're all the same. We're all in the boat in that regard. And so we have to make sure that we focus on what we're doing right, focusing on where we're, we're succeeding, not just beating ourselves up and being overly critical of ourselves and taking the time to write down, you know, what we're grateful for. I, I started something earlier this year that, that Hal Elrod mentioned to me. Um, you know, I think you can learn a lot from Hal either way, but I've learned even more this last year just because of what he's gone through. But um, Hal taught me about uh, taking my affirmations to another level by saying them in the mirror and then after each one saying, I love you. And being specific with myself about, what I love about myself, which is incredibly awkward. However, once you get past the awkwardness, just like in anything, something really incredible happened where I was looking differently at my own self. And I think how we see ourselves is a big part of our health. So I really think actively working on bringing out a greater sense of love for ourself is really uh, so important. And it's something we could easily overlook and say, I need to eat better and I need to exercise more. But, but what about like slowing down, getting a massage, meditating, uh, taking a day off from work or uh, spending some time laughing and rolling around with your children, putting the phone away for a while. These are all things that I think are really related to health, um, just yeah. like nutrition and activity. I, I, I love it. I think that's deep. And I'm, I'm glad you went there, Mike, because I, I see this a lot um, in my own student body when I coach people on this and they, we escape a lot to food, you know, we'll escape a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a feel good, right? I'm, I'm stressed in my business. I mean, I even do it sometimes, right? We, we all do it. It's, it's uh, let me grab that. Or if I eat that, it'll make me feel good. If I drink that, it'll make me feel good. So if we use some of these other vehicles to feel good, we don't have to go there, right? Um, so yeah, that's powerful. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Mark Schrager posted, Mike loves himself. <laughs> we love it. We love it. <laughs> I, I love Mark loving me, loving myself. Uh, Hey guys, so much great wisdom. Uh, any other advice? We, we're still scanning for any questions the audience may have here, but any parting or last advice you would give? Uh, everything you guys have shared has been so amazing. Uh, just, it's good to hear a lot of ideas again. And like you said, Sam gave some great advice about picking one change you're committed to maybe for next week, sticking to that for a couple of weeks, then picking another change. Like incrementally making changes is so much easier. Um, and then building towards a bigger goal. So like Bob said, the other side of this is burn the bridges, set a huge goal, but then take the incremental changes yeah. to get you to where you're going. Uh, I just want to mention a couple of things uh, and just appreciate both of you. Um, you know, Bob, I've known you for quite some time now. 
we really got started in Keller Williams together in many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen each other grow and, and ebb and throw, uh, flow through fat and skinny mics and bobs over the years. And, uh, you know, I've seen the way that you show up as a husband and with Usha, and I'm always inspired by that. It's something that we can all learn from you. I know this call is about health, but it's important to note that Bob has a really healthy relationship with Usha, one that we could all learn from. Um, you know, the other thing that I love about you, Bob, is that uh, you're a leader who really cares about his people. So I've watched the way you've worked with your team leaders and with the, the people within your organization. And, you know, we're in a bit of a hierarchy the way that we're structured. And, you know, there's times when I'm like, oh, just fire them. Their numbers aren't right. And you guys really care about the people at another level beyond just the numbers. And while I would never, you know, admit this publicly, I appreciate the way you guys have always cared about your people and their success ahead of maybe the selfish, you know, profits of a business or, you know, of that aspect of it. You know, you've really just done an amazing job with that. And, you know, you're a man of adventure. We didn't even get into being a scuba dive master, uh, being, you know, your days in the Marines of, you know, the, the, we talked about Iron Man briefly, but you're just such a man of adventure and you've had so many rich life experiences and, you know, you bring all of those past experiences in, into everything you're, you do moving forward. And it's like, it's like all of your friends and people you lead get to learn from all of those things that you've done in your past and into the future. So Bob, I love you, man. You're such a great member of this tribe. You display health and relationships and contribution and so many other pillars at such a high level so i just want to give you that appreciation thank, um, you. thank you mike i i love i love me too and uh <laughs> I, but uh, i think in in parting uh, you know one thing i want to make sure that i leave everyone with is it, you know it is november right it's december I, I guess a lot of us are either totally planning our 2018 or have already done that and one of the things that I feel is very important when we, when we plan for our future is to look at the pillars that, that we have in, in GoBundance and make a decision about which one of those pillars is, is the highest priority for you. you know, and, and I do this every year. I reevaluate my priorities on the things that, that I'm, I feel are most important. And for the last uh, 10 years, um, Health and fitness has always been my top priority. I've, I've swayed a little bit on that, and I haven't followed through 100% as, as much as I'd like to. But every year I come back to that at the beginning of the year saying, what's absolutely most, most important to me? And it always comes back to my, to my health and my ability to do the things I want to do in future just as I can do them today. And I would challenge everybody to consider that of making this the top priority because like we said before, you know, without your health, there's, uh, there is nothing else. I mean, this is, this is what allows us to do everything else in our world. Yeah, well said. Well said. Well, Sam, let me give you some appreciation before you close this out with, uh, with some thoughts here. Um, you know, Sam, the uh, way that you work with kids is the thing that most impressed me when I saw it. I had known you for quite a while, traveled the world with you, and then when I saw the way you worked with our kids at Whistler, uh, I was really touched by that. And I saw this amazing talent being brought to a place where it's needed so desperately in our world to build confidence in young people, 
Uh, it's so amazing. But the word that comes to mind when, when I think about Sam Weger more than anything else is respect. The way that you move through the world is with such respect and not just for other people, but yourself, for the processes, for the way things that could be done in a better way and a, in a higher level. So there's this ultimate honor and respect that you bring to everything that you do that inspires me so much. Uh, it's so great to meet Rachel and see you guys planning your life, you know, together and getting married in September. You know, I, I know where you were before and where you are now with that. So to see your, your, uh, your taking these steps, I feel like we're getting, it's like, I feel like we're getting to see, you know, you emerge into your full capabilities as a husband and a father step by step. What an honor it is for us to, uh, to always get to, to watch that. And, you know, dude, there's nothing else that needs to be said other than that you literally do the coolest poses kicking on the sides of mountains and backflips off of shit that make our whole crew look cool wherever we go. We're like, I know we're just a bunch of old white dudes, but check this out. Our friends can do a backflip off this rock right now. So it's like, you're, you make us relevant and cool wherever we go, buddy. So thank you. Thank you. Hey, you know, I, uh, thank you. I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. Um, it is an honor to be a part of this tribe. And I, I consider it, you know, of, of the top five magical things that have happened it is my running into this tribe really by coincidence, although I don't believe anything happens by coincidence. And um, being able to be a part of this group um, is, has changed my life in so many ways. You know, from the relationship, Bob Wells, you've been a huge part of my relationship. And likewise, my friend, you've been a huge impact on me, as, as everyone in the group has been. It's been um, an incredible journey. Uh, I think yeah. we can both agree on that with GoBundance up to this point. I've learned so much and have had so much enrichment in my life from being a part of it. Looking forward to many, many years. Yeah. Let's, let's take this. I, you know, Bob, I just want to second your challenge uh, to the tribe. And, and if, as we wrap up with this, you know, if we step back, we plan our next year, uh, and we reevaluate what's really important to us, um, maybe if you, if you can think of a reason, if you can get really connected to your why, um, and whether that's your grandkids, kids, or why you want to be around, or the energy you want to have when you're um, when you're 80 or when you're 90, we can connect to that, and then take one step in the right direction, and then share that with the tribe, and um, share that with Mike, and share that with us, so that we know we're we're making a difference. Um, if you guys do that, I think if we leave you with that challenge, we'll have done our jobs uh, here on this call. Love it. Hey guys, these are your pillar killers right here for age-defying health. Uh, arguably the uh, centerpiece and most important uh, pillar because without it we really have nothing no no remaining experiences here so this has been an amazing uh, a call with you both today and uh, I don't I think we're nailing the timing here we're right at 90 minutes so uh, I love it when a plan comes together but you guys are amazing thank you for the contribution I know I speak for the entire tribe when I say thank you for the role uh, model and, and the example that you set for all of us to follow. Uh, it's really something exceptional. And thank you for being that, not only in the tribe, but in the communities that you work and in your businesses as well. Thank you, guys. Thank you and, so uh, much. It's an honor. It's been, a, been fun. Thank God, you, guys. God bless. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Mike. Cheers, thank you. Peace.
Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. And if you liked it, let us know. We will be posting the other five Pillar Killer interviews in the future if you would like. That is uh, an incredible way to learn. Anyways, listen. Grab life big. Grab life big.